from Calgary, Alberta, a group called Jeto from their self-titled CD. And that was a song called Ivanku, Ivanku, O Johnny. Vitayu vas vsih, shenovni radio sukhachi na radio peredachu nash holos, radio krinsku ho korinja. Jako jušto vibuleh sukhachami sjohodni, na prozicijo od nejhodene, sjohodni je, jak svičajno dužici kave novene, i čudova ukrinska muzika. Hello there, and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you with great Ukrainian music and interesting news. We have news from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine Today. As well, we have commentary, and uh, we'll be hearing the Ukrainian side about the Canada-Ukraine trade agreement that was just recently signed. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a group called Tutitam. That means here and there, and that is a group from Saskatchewan that is currently touring Ukraine, and they'll be wrapping up their tour on Sunday, July 17th. And uh, hopefully we'll get them on the show to tell us all about their adventures in Ukraine. I'll give them a little bit of a chance to get over jet lag first. So stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, here is some music from them. This is from their second CD, and it is called Chornaredka Black Radish. Embrace the Ukrainian culture, the music, the food, and the dancing at the 51st Annual Canada's National Ukrainian Festival, July 29th to 31st, Dauphin, Manitoba. Get your weekend pass right now for only $95. If you wait, you'll pay more at the gate. Day passes and camping passes also available. Call toll-free 1-877-474-2683. That's 1-877-474-2683. For more information, visit cnuf.ca and like CNUF on Facebook. 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Don't miss the 4th Annual Babas and Borscht Ukrainian Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Ukrainian food, music, dance, Babas Bazaar, museum tours and exhibits, Zabava and more. Lessons in clay oven making, leather work and Ukrainian dance. Find out all about Samohanka, yes, moonshine. Tons of fun and excitement at Babas and Borscht Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Oh, and there's a borscht cook-off too. Admission is free and includes a borscht sample. For tickets, visit babasandborscht.ca. Ай, я пи 
Sad već neve, sad kreneće kokopat Marusja, a ja pidu Sad već neve, sad kreneće kokopat Marusja, la 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 Winnipeg, Manitoba, that was high profile from their second CD, Tribute to Ukrainian Heritage, and that song was Rosprehite Chlopsikwani, Unharness the Horses Boys. And high profile will be the one of the many polka bands at Dauphin's National Ukrainian Festival, their 51st, 51st year this year, and that'll be taking place at the end of the month, uh, the August long weekend, so that'll be starting July... 29th, and along with High Profile, there will be Tuti Tam and Jeto, who you heard earlier opening the program, as well as the By Request Band, many, many others. By Request up next with a song from their CD, Ukrainian Boys Gone Wild, and the Heel and Toe Polka. The latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today.
Eastern Ukraine saw a military escalation yesterday. According to the press service of the anti-terrorist operation, Russian-backed separatist forces mounted 94 attacks on Ukrainian troops along the entire contact line. The largest number of barrages was recorded in the Donetsk region. The enemy used banned artillery systems to shell Ukrainian strongholds in a range of villages close to the cities of Donetsk and Avdiivka. Additionally, the enemy violated the ceasefire regime in the Mariupol sector 29 times. The officials noted that terrorists shelled Ukrainian troops from heavy mortars, as well as from grenade launchers, armed vehicles, large-caliber guns and small arms. Apart from the military positions, the Russian-backed separatist forces aimed their fire at their own positions, with later shooting the houses of the local residents. The Ukrainian National Guard servants say it is done to discredit the Ukraine's armed forces, as well as for fueling Russian propaganda in the region. Two soldiers killed, another four wounded in the Donbas war zone in the past 24 hours. A day before that, three servicemen died and 16 were wounded. Ukraine has been hearing this cheerless news almost every day since the war started. The nights in the conflict region are especially violent. Militant weapons almost never go silent. They are trying to trick us. At first you think a machine gun or a rifle is firing, but then you realize they are using the sound of shooting to cover the mortar blasts. Last night Ukrainian soldiers endured almost a hundred attacks. Sector Mariupol, Sector Donetsk, Sector Horlivka, the most dangerous hotspots in the once peaceful region. The militants are using all kinds of weapons, often resorting to arms banned by Minsk. A day ago, one Ukrainian soldier was killed near Donetsk by high caliber mortar, which was supposed to be withdrawn from the front line. Yesterday we were shelled by the self-propelled artillery and mortars. Nights are always like this, but it gets a bit easier in the morning. Every minute the soldier spent in the conflict region is a fight for their lives. The Russian-backed forces are often located just hundreds of meters away from them. The militants hold roads near their stronghold Horlivka in the crosshairs, monitoring every movement of Ukrainian forces. Here the enemy is stationed just a kilometer away from us. They brought vehicles, mortars and shoot at us from weapons we've never even had in Ukraine. Sometimes the soldiers can't even tell what arms the militants use to attack them. The servicemen joke, Russia has organized a shooting range in eastern Ukraine to test its new weapons. That is some weird trail. I got no idea what hit the ground. A mortar shell would leave the crater, but this trail is too long for that. Long battles and a short respite. This is how it goes for Ukraine, day after day, night after night. Avdiivka industrial zone suffers from constant shellings. Russian-backed separatist forces do not spend a single hour without new shootings. Numerous mortars, artillery machines and other heavy weapons banned by Minsk agreements is being permanently used against the soldiers of Ukrainian army. The fighters from Ukrainian National Guard return from the front line with the so-called souvenirs. These are the slices of projectiles the enemy uses to attack the positions of Ukraine. This red cat is the only resident left who is not afraid of constant shellings. Other people have already left the zone of permanent warfare. Ukrainian paratroopers say Russian-backed separatist forces closely approach the borderline, leaving no more than hundreds of meters to the positions of Ukrainian army. Ukrainian soldiers try to repulse the enemy back. The terrorists are said to hide deeply in the trenches, though still accessible to Ukrainian bullets. The soldiers themselves say they use every single chance to repel the Russian-backed separatists from strategical positions. Separatist shellings regularly start at 10 p.m. Despite the extremal emotional tension, Ukrainian paratroopers stay cool-hearted, repulsing each and every effort of the enemy to seize new Ukrainian territories. Russian-backed separatist forces attacked Ukrainian army positions in eastern Ukraine 64 times in the last 24 hours. This is according to the press center of the anti-terrorist operation headquarters. Three people died on the positions close to the town of Marinka. Some local residents also reported injured. This is Nadia, who moved away from here last year. Now she shows the reminiscence of her house. The cellar where they used to hide away from the shellings is now totally torn out into pieces. The others claim to have heard the explosions behind the fence of the local kindergarten. 
Five private houses are said to have been ruined. Ukrainian soldiers say the terrorists have previously been provided with additional hovitsars. Their base is to be seen from Ukrainian trenches. That is where the Russian flag is waving. According to Ukraine's intelligence service, the agents of Vladimir Putin have placed their artillery machines in Kirov district of Donetsk region, since it is the most comfortable position for attacking Marinka. Numerous members of OSCE mission keep on digging, measuring and defining the coordinates of the attacks of Russian-backed separatist forces. Ukraine's National Guard servicemen say there is hardly any use, since the terrorists may be stopped only by Ukrainian artillery. Russian-backed separatist forces continue shelling the positions of Ukrainian army with heavy weapon, banned by the Minsk agreement. This is according to the press service of anti-terrorist operation headquarters. In Donetsk region, the enemy fired a range of villages with artillery systems and mortars. In Avdiivka, the terrorists are said to have used various types of grenade launchers, large-caliber machine guns and small arms to shell the Ukrainian troops. ATO forces stationed in the Mariupol sector also faced shellings. The most difficult situation is reported in the village of Sherokene, that is close to the strategic Ukrainian-controlled seaport of Mariupol. Ukraine's National Guard reports last night Russian proxies attacked the positions of Ukrainian soldiers 41 times, mainly in Donetsk region and Mariupol sector. Several villagers in Luhansk sector encountered heavy attacks four times in the past 24 hours. Water police starts working in the city of Kherson in southern Ukraine. The officers of the newly established department are anticipated to maintain and control the security along the Dnipro River, as well as cooperate with Ecological Service and Fishing Inspectorate. The head of the Kherson Water Police says the first task to fulfill is to establish contacts with the locals. Some residents are said to have already complained about the poachers fishing illegally in the private sector. The police officers came to the Dnipro floodlands and took out numerous poaching nets. The current water police staff consists of 21 persons. Most of them are the former ATO fighters. The whole procedure of interviewing and hiring the police officers was organized by ex-deputy head of Kherson National Police Ihor Keva. A group of amber diggers was detained in Rivna region in western Ukraine. The illegals were noticed in Rokitnevsky district through police drone observation. Apart from the diggers themselves, the police officers fixed the heavy equipment used for extracting precious jewels from beneath the earth. The diggers managed to down two drones from shooting rifles. However, the third one detected the roundabouts of the criminals. Later, the guardsmen arrived at the place aiming to detain the illegal miners. While arresting, the diggers resisted desperately. The police officers found and confiscated illegal weapon and military tractor. We have previously determined it is impossible to reach the so-called mines without special transport means. Therefore, we concluded they possess a kind of demilitarized war equipment to travel around the swampy territories. On having conducted the air patrol, we lost two drones. The son of the former Kyiv mayor Leonid Chernovetsky was arrested in Spain. According to the local media, Stepan Chernovetsky has been involved in a criminal group suspected in money laundering. The criminals are said to have stolen in total at least 10 million euro. To detain the suspected, the Catalonian police provided searches in 16 cities in the region. Eventually, 11 people were arrested, among them Stepan Chernovetsky, who allegedly headed the Felonias group. Numerous sources report the money have been laundered through the restaurant of Japanese cuisine. Yubari is famous for being a popular place of visit for the players from the football club Barcelona. The owner of the restaurant, Armen Malayan, is also under arrest. Spanish police officers claim, along with Chernovetsky Jr., they bought a good deal of real estate through the agencies situated in offshore zones of Cyprus and Virginian Islands. Chernovetsky family members in Ukraine refuse to talk to the journalists. The mansion, where the mayor's son is supposed to live, remains empty. The guardians say they have not seen anyone here for ages. Leonid Chernovetsky himself denies his son being arrested. In a short talk given to the media, he insists Stepan was just communicating with Spanish police officers, with no further detention. Ukraine's foreign ministry has not reacted at the message either. The police of Spain says the investigation is underway, therefore no more details to be reported in a short time. 
Kyiv is expecting mass provocations during the upcoming celebrations of Kyiv and Rus' Christianization. According to official sources, Russian secret services have organized bands of provocateurs and extremists. Disguised in Orthodox believers, the recruited bandits are anticipated to destabilize the situation in Ukraine with mass uprisings. A couple of days ago, a big group of the so-called believers set from the city of Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine heading for Kyiv. The participants of the Christ March were noticed carrying Georgian yellow and black ribbons, as well as the pictures of the last Russian emperor Nikolai II. Ukraine's parliamentary speaker Andriy Parubi insists the march is governed and managed from Moscow Patriarchate structures and constitutes a part of the so-called hybrid war Russia is trying to conduct against Ukraine. The suspicions get confirmation after the priests of Moscow Patriarchate refused to commemorate the soldiers killed in the ATO, though agreed to bless their Russian-backed separatists from the self-proclaimed People's Republics of Donetsk and Luhansk. Kremlin has already elaborated the scenarios of provocations in Kyiv on July 26, except for the believers heading to Kyiv to celebrate the anniversary of Kyiv and Rus' Christianization. Numerous provocators and extremists hurry up here, carrying the prohibited symbols of communism and Russian propaganda. An artificial heart has been transplanted into a patient in Ukraine. The very first time such an operation is conducted in the country. The historic surgery has saved the life of Kharkiv resident Pavlo Doroshko. The last moments before the surgery, Pavlo is barely walking, he has trouble speaking. His ailment started when he got a chill. And when the doctors later diagnosed cardiomyopathy and told him he needed heart transplantation, Pavlo didn't believe it. I thought the doctors were joking. The artificial heart is his only chance to survive. Pavlo says he isn't worried about the surgery. His wife, though, doesn't share his composure. The medics are consulting in the meantime. Ukrainian experts and their German colleagues are watching videos and discussing the functions of the mechanical heart. This turbine will move the blood from the left ventricle into aorta, replacing the work of the left ventricle. The medics did not remove the dysfunctional heart. They just attached the mechanical implant to it. The artificial organ doesn't look like the real one, but it works identically. The patient will always have to carry at least two batteries with him. Each of them can last up to four hours. German experts say this mechanism will help Pavlo live a normal life. The time is unlimited, but this is still with uh, uh, the same story as with your car. So it's a, it's a technology and there is, of course, no uh, service needed. Only the external components need service. Uh, the pump itself can run endless. The operation lasts almost four hours. Finally, the finishing touches and the robotic heart goes live. The mechanical implant costs 120,000 euro, way too much for an average Ukrainian. The first transplantation is only possible thanks to donations and charity. The mechanism will keep Pavlo alive and let him wait for a real organ. I really hope this patient will get a real heart implant after our parliament adopts an appropriate law which allows that. Now Pavlo hopes that Ukraine will address his issue at the country level, because only a quality law approved by the parliament can permanently save his life and the lives of many others. Ukraine will create an overall database of DNA in order to identify the bodies of the soldiers killed in the ATO zone. The corresponding law has been recently adopted by Verkhovna Rada, Ukrainian parliament. The deputies say this is to help the relatives of the killed militants deal with the official documents while applying for state help or the loss of the breadwinners in the war. Another law to pass was the one about limitation period of serving in the army for the volunteer soldiers. Previously, those having signed the contract with Ukraine's armed forces and having gone to the front line on their own will were not entitled to leave the war zone, since the war continues. Ukrainian MPs recognize this as discrimination. According to the newly adopted law, those having served more than 18 months have the right to leave the armed forces for home. Last but not least to mention is the right to prolong the contract automatically on occasion of war. From now on, the soldiers serving by contract may be forced to remain on duty no longer than one year over the period stated in the contract. 
Over 20,000 soldiers left for ATO zone as volunteers, having been warned it is until the end of the so-called special period or the end of anti-terrorist operation. I call you all to entitle the aforementioned servicemen to have their contract denounced with further leaving for home. Ukrainian sportswoman Natalia Pryshchepa wins the golden medal at the European Athletics Championship in the Netherlands. Natalia Pryshchepa... In less than two minutes, she ran the 800 meters distance, gaining Europe's best athlete title. On returning home, Natalia had hardly any time to accept the congratulations. The next day, the whole sport delegation departed to Poland to get prepared for the upcoming Olympic Games in Brazil. The golden award Natalia brought from Amsterdam is the only prize won by Ukrainian sportsmen. The coaches complain it is a total disgrace and absolutely negative result. 21-year-old champion, however, is delighted, for it is her first major award. Nevertheless, the coaches say the most important starts are ahead. The athletics competition starts in Rio de Janeiro on 12th of August. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Vyslouchejte ukrajinskou radio programu Náš holos na bahatomovní radiostanci AM 1320 CHMB u místí Vancouveri. Přišla vesma, i kvíty rozsvítají, zkadají já, jak doma dítky hrají, ljubov moja. Ty nesumuj za mene, a zbereži moje kochání v sebe, doky vina. Я буду захищати, любо моя, країна наша мати, за хлопців всіх, які лягли за тебе, захисники, їх пам'ятати треба, ти не сумуй, ти не сумуй, ти не сумуй. Наша слава, а поки ми Захисники держави і командир Нам скаже всім до бою Ми віддамо своє життя за волю Вже сил нема, але ми не здаємося Дрожить земля, а значить не присниться Любов моя, яка сумує знову Ти не сумуй Я скоро буду вдома, ти не сумуй, ти не сумуй, ти не сумуй, ти не сумуй. song from the front by an unknown soldier, unnamed soldier, and that was Nisumui, Don't Be Sad. And now a special feature courtesy Ukraine Today, Ukraine's first English-language TV and news channel. The following is one of a series of features exploring pressing issues in today's Ukraine. Hello and welcome to Ukraine Today, I'm Vladimir Sulohub. During his first official visit to Ukraine, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau participated in the official signing ceremony of Ukraine-Canada Free Trade Agreement. 
Joining me now to discuss the benefits for both parties is the mastermind behind the deal, Deputy Minister for Economic Development and Trade of Ukraine and Trade Representative of Ukraine, Madam Natalia Mikolska. Madam Deputy Minister, welcome to Ukraine Today. Thank you. So, Madam Deputy Minister, can we discuss uh, the deal in more detail? What are the benefits for both Ukraine and Canada? Because obviously the trade right now hasn't been huge. That's true. Despite very good relations that we have between our nation and between our people, which is the most important, the economic relations between Canada and Ukraine uh, are not as good as we wished it could be. Therefore, we need to find a way to facilitate the trade relation. And we are not discussing here only trade, we are discussing here as well potential investments. Because basically, the Canada is a huge market. Canada imports more than actually 500 million US dollars. So what, 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 why it's important for us? It's important for us because that's a huge market with the high level of consumption and the high level, I would say, of the overall household income. It means for us that this market is rather big. Also, it's far away from Ukraine. That's the first market that we are having the free trade agreement uh, in the America continent. So therefore, we can consider the Canada uh, the first step and as uh, a kind of a logistic hub for us. So it also and, has some sort of a symbolic meaning, uh, right? Being the first agreement on the, on the American continent, hoping to have more in the future? You know what? I'm not a politician. I am a trade representative. Therefore, for me, it's all about trade. And I would say it, why it's important for Ukrainian business. Because definitely... Uh, taking into account that Canada is far away, the cost of bringing goods to the North American continent are rather high. And the more goods are moving to the North American continent, the, uh, the lower are the cost of transportation and logistics cost. Therefore, we are much interested in having more turnover with Canada, not only export, but import. And we can also export from Canada to the European, to, to the United States of America. So basically, it will look like that, that Ukrainian goods are moving to Canada. And then from Canada, some part of the goods are staying for the Canadian market and some of the goods are moving to the U.S. Therefore, definitely the cost of transportation, logistics cost, and again, distribution costs, because a number of Canadian companies are very active in, in USA. Therefore, basically, all these things makes this agreement so special. So are you hoping that this agreement, um, because of eliminating some tariffs of, uh, or customs duties, will boost the exports out of Ukraine into Canada? Because during last year, it was, what, 30 million uh, US dollars? Yeah, basically, the Canada is 54th Ukrainian trading partner. I mean, that's... You know, it's like a rather low. What we hope, this agreement provides for elimination of all tariffs from the side of Canada, except for some tariffs for agricultural products and vehicles, immediately upon entry into force of this agreement. It, mean, it means immediate duty-free access of Ukrainian goods to Canadian market. In addition to that, so it should boost the trade. Definitely will face a competition at the Canadian market, both from the local goods and from the goods from the United States and other NAFTA members, because Canada has a huge NAFTA free trade agreement. But, you know, we have a rather low cost of production over here. We have a lot of unique and competitive goods. And in addition to that, the Canad Canadian consumers, they have a lot of sentiments towards Ukraine and towards Ukrainian goods. Even in terms of like the food products, they love Ukrainian food and they love the taste of Ukrainian food. So I believe that our food products, not only commodities, but I'm talking here about value-added products, good was a high value-added. They have a rather, I think, good chances on the Canadian market. Madam Deputy Minister, you've obviously conducted some sort of research or um, you've talked to, to the businesses. What are the primary industries which you're hoping to increase the trades with, with Canada? Uh, we think that the major industries that would benefit immediately in, in the short-term perspective is definitely the food industry and agriculture industry. That's a light industry. Ukrainian clothing and Ukrainian footwear because we have immediate duty-free access to the Canadian market. Plus, we believe that the Ukrainian machinery would benefit from this agreement. You know that this year we actually started exporting again to Canada the uh, railway parts and wagon parts 
therefore, that's that's actually the huge market for for Ukrainian machinery. But um, if, if we're talking about the agriculture um, agricultural sector, um, uh, Brazil and uh, Latin American countries are huge agricultural um, exporters in that area. And in the beginning, you were talking that uh, because of the high logistics costs, it was it was not feasible for the Ukrainian businesses to go to Canada and trade with Canada. So, do you think that the elimination of the tariffs will be much well will basically cover the cost of the logistics so why, why, why should basically why should canadians buy from from overseas whereas they have a huge markets just down the road yeah if we're talking about commodities then you are right but in addition to that the canada we have an exception in our agreement and those exceptions from Canadian side apply to some commodities, some agricultural commodities from Ukraine, like poultry, like beef, like eggs and some, 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 uh, some type of grains. But if we are discussing the, I would say, ready to eat food, you know, like not agriculture, but ready to eat or processed agriculture products, like juices, like tomato pasta, ketchups, like confectionery as well and some other things then definitely they would have the consumer privilege because I would I just we were just discussing here the people love like in Canada people love Ukrainian food the Canada potentially is the biggest country after Ukraine where people cook borscht that is just an example you know but like that is a small example and we need to do more to I would say promote made in Ukraine products in Canada and our forum that was in Canada recently was the first step toward promoting made-in-Ukraine products and showing Canadian people that Ukraine is not only about grains, I mean, that they would normally see. Ukraine is about a lot of different goods. So that is that is why that is why you know like a lot of work needs to be done. What about what about the Canadian side? What kind of benefits will that bring to the Canadian businesses? And uh, did you hear concerns from uh, local Ukrainian businesses that they will not be competitive once the Canadian goods enter Ukrainian markets duty free? Uh, basically, what, what, what we, we were uh, having a number of consultations with Ukrainian business prior to finali finalizing this negotiation uh, last year. And uh, we put a number of exceptions from Ukrainian side. Out of this agreement, we excluded some uh, light industry products. Some, uh, actually, again, agricultural products for sensitive industries and some machinery that our local industries believe that they could face a competition. But we believe, actually, but it is not an exclusion forever. We have a special transition period after which Ukrainian industry would actually be more competitive. It would give some time to Ukrainian industry to adjust to this new market condition. But what about the Canadian um, uh, businesses? Yeah. What kind of Canadian uh, industries will benefit uh, mostly? We believe that Ukrainian, that Canadian, uh, I would say, equipment producers, machinery producers that produce, I would say, the uh, machinery with a high level of know-how that could be used in Ukraine definitely would benefit. Because in any case, if we want to boost Ukrainian uh, uh, processing product, we definitely need to import equipment was was kind of a high level of know-how and high level of uh, production efficiency. So that's a definitely level of uh, increase. Uh, I think I I also that the fish producers in Canada would benefit from this agreement because because of losing of Crimea, definitely Ukraine is rather, I would say, in shortage of a seafood. Not, I mean, like fish that is in, 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 in lakes and in rivers, but a seafood. So basically, we all need good seafood. Looks like more seafood for Ukraine and definitely a beneficial agreement for both parties. Yeah. Uh, Madam Deputy Minister, many thanks for finding the time to talk to us. We were discussing the recently signed Ukraine-Canada Free Trade Agreement with the Deputy Minister for Economic Development and Trade of Ukraine and Trade Representative of Ukraine, Madam Natalia Mikolska. I'm Vladimir Solohub, Ukraine Today. This has been a special feature courtesy Ukraine's first English-language TV and news channel, Ukraine Today. To hear more from Ukraine Today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. 
Ти зрадлива, не одного мужа, що нам розлучила, не одного мужа, що нам розлучила. Обшука нада френська громада, музиченки райки, а ви сигуляйте. Обшука нада френська громада, музиченки райки, а ви сигуляйте. Ой, не їдьми милий, до Канада жити, лише ж діточками будемо бідити, лише ж діточками будемо бідити. Канада, Френська громада, музиченки, райте, а ви всі гуляйте. Обшук, Канада, Френська громада, музиченки, райте, а ви всі гуляйте. Ой, приходьний рідний, старенька я мати, Бочі вас я буду ще колись віддати, Бочі вас я буду ще колись віддати. Ліба, батьку мармуляди, бувайте здорові, іду до Канади, бувайте здорові, іду до Канади. Обшук Канада, кранська громада, музиченки райте, а ви всі гуляйте. Обшук Канада, кранська громада, музиченки райте, а ви всі гуляйте. Дайте кабаліба, пачку маргарини, бувайте здорові, іду до Марини. Another group from Winnipeg that was Molodsi, which means young people, and a song very apropos to what you just heard, Hopstop Kanada. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY Radio Malaspina, 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. Channel 8 Omni airs two Ukrainian-language TV shows in the Vancouver viewing area. Contact TV Sundays at 7 a.m. with repeats Tuesdays at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 a.m. And Forum TV Sundays at 8 a.m. with repeats on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 12 noon. And at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me for another hour of fun on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholus and me on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds and more, visit our website at www.nasholus.com.
and from a compilation CD of tunes from ah, way back. That was the Ukrainian Kids and Seven Steps. Up next, uh, something a little more recent, Jaden Chornoboy from Steinbach, Manitoba, and Sonsenezenko at Sunset. best in Ukrainian programming, tune in to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio in Vancouver, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1320 CHMB and streaming at am1320.com, live in Nanaimo, Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 101.7 FM and streaming at chly.ca, and the international edition of Nasholos, which airs in over 20 countries on AM, FM, and shortwave radio on the PCJ Radio Network. Online, you can visit us at www.nasholos.com. Keep in touch with us there between broadcasts. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter and like the Nasholos Facebook page and check out the Nasholos blog. And you can, of course, download all the podcast links at www.nasholos.com. And as you miss your skin chill and nasha protamo, paranam prostatisia, nashtel den tejdin, ala peritemia hotrizala shetavasti kimislavame mudrostia. Bespravnist maya karotke jetia. And our proverb of the week translates as, Injustice has a short life. Well, our time is up now, so to take us to the end of our program, one more toe-tapper, this one by the Ukrainian old-timers, another institution at the Dauphins Ukrainian National Ukrainian Festival, and they'll be there this year again, of course. And here they are now, meanwhile, with a song from their CD, Barn Dance, one of their over two dozen CDs, and uh, this is the Six-Pack Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.